Hi everyone, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hitchhiker's Guide to ESG. My name is Sarah Rodriguez, and I'm here today with my colleague, Andy Pereira. We're going to be diving into the topic of brand value, which is part of a company's intangible assets. Intangible assets are things like patents and trademarks, and over the past 40 years, they have grown to make up a significant part of companies' valuations. When it comes to sustainable investing, ESG risk can affect a company's brand value, so it's a financially material factor for investors to consider. But it hasn't always been that way. Andy, can you tell us a bit about how the way we calculate a company's value has changed over time? Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. So when we start to look at companies, we go back in history and try to look at the 1970s. You know, companies a lot back then were, you know, manufacturing based. They may have held a lot of cash. And so a lot of their assets were tied up into things like factories that you could easily, you know, kind of touch your hand on and and kind of showcase what they were. Um, But now, as Americans have shifted to a service-based economy, these intangible assets um, have really grown significantly. And, and what I mean by intangible assets are things like, you know, the value of your workers and their, their human capital they possess, their degrees, their experience. You know, those are really critical when you're talking about a, a service, you know, based company. And then also you think about like relationships that companies have with clients and their customers, like that has has some value to it. And then, you know, as we start getting into this, the tech boom, like think of all the technology that we've created in America and that kind of intellectual property and, and some of the patents and things like that. So, you know, these types of intangible assets have really grown in value. And so as of 2018, if we look at the S&P 500, intangible assets actually make up $21 trillion out of the $25 trillion of the market weight of these companies. And that's 84% of the overall value of, of these S&P 500 companies. So that's a huge amount of money. And I think that kind of highlights this idea of we need to look at intangible assets uh, from a company perspective. So it's clear that intangible assets are of increasing financial value, even if they're less clear on a balance sheet. That leads us to the intangible asset we'll be discussing today, which is brand value. Andy, how would you define brand value? Well, sorry, it's a, a great question. And, and there are some nuances to kind of how to calculate it and define it. But in a simple way, I would kind of look at it as how much extra is someone going to pay for two particularly similar base goods? It could be the example of my choice of what I value between the difference between Coke and Pepsi or, you know, a paper towel brand between, you know, bounty paper towels and brawny paper towels. People have these reasons that they will pay more for certain goods. And that's kind of a good way to look at it is that, you know, there are things that I look at as why I purchase one product over another. And there could be certain things like I think it's a better quality. I think it may be safer if it's a, something like a car that I'm purchasing. You know, it may also be, does that company, how it operates, do their values align with mine? There are We are seeing that as also an increasing important topic that people want to have companies whose values match theirs. Absolutely. Companies work really hard to create that brand value over time, but it can also be diminished very quickly due to some sort of controversy event or business action that may have a negative outcome. So let's talk about how brand value is linked to some of the ESG factors we look at. The first one we'll talk about is the Deepwater Horizon oil spill that occurred in the Gulf of Mexico in 2010. Andy, could you tell us about that event and how it affected the company's brand value? Absolutely, sir. It's a it's a great story that many of us remember. You know, about ten years ago when the, when this happened, you know, it was a, a very you know 
big event in the in the eyes of the media and, and consumers worldwide were kind of watching this event and looking at the negative damage that it, this deep water spill was doing to the environment people were angry right they really saw this as a kind of a negligent action by the company and as a result stock prices fell approximately 51 percent in a, in a 40-day period huge decline in the the stock price and, and why that was happening is we were seeing people outright saying they were going to boycott BP and their products. And so we saw in the United States, approximately 11,000 gas stations that are you know locally owned that were buying BP gas. They actually had a decrease of revenue of 20% in that time period, just based on those boycotts alone. General Sentiment, which is a, a company that measures brand value, over the time period that you know general sentiment was looking at brand value, they basically totaled that that loss was a billion dollars in brand value loss from this event, which was like approximately $32 million a day. And so what that meant was BP had to do a lot of work to do to really get back that, that positive brand value in the eyes of the public. They spent approximately 70 billion on the cleanup efforts, in a two-year period, spent about 500 million in marketing to explain that they had made this, put the safeguards in place to make their company safer over time, right? And that was sort of their their mea culpa that they were trying to revamp themselves as a as a leader in the space for safety to prevent this from happening ever again. And that was a huge marketing push, and that was a lot more, you know, approximately three times more than they spent on marketing on a, a you know an annual basis. One of the things is if we look back is right, and this is why ESG analysis is so important is because if we had looked at some of uh, BP's issues and how they addressed critical risk management, which is like trying to prevent something catastrophic from happening, just like if you were a airline trying to prevent a, you know, an airplane crash from happening, BP had spent some, you know, they put efforts on a lot of their smaller individual worker safety issues, but they weren't looking for this big catastrophic event from happening. Right. So if we had had ESG analysts looking into BP, we may have been able to flag this as a potential risk that the company faced. Now let's move into an example of a social event that can affect brand value. Tell us about Nike and Colin Kaepernick. Basically what happened in, in 2016, Colin Kaepernick, he had basically came under fire by the NFL as well as many in the, the media and then the general public. When he decided to take a stand on, on you know, social justice issues and basically would take a knee during the national anthem. And it became a very controversial topic and, and you know a very divisive topic. But what happened is, you know, we saw that Nike uh, decided and actually saw this as an opportunity and created ads and you know marketing materials to kind of support his decision. And so at the time, it was kind of a risky move because they're basically bringing this issue to the forefront. And a lot of investors were really concerned by it. And so what happened is we were seeing, you know, stock prices rapidly fall, looking like this was going to be a really bad decision to derail Nike. But in the end, it really kind of was telling because they put all that money in, into the, you know, they basically were getting free advertising from this, this event. Because it was getting such an issue, Nike was becoming part of the forefront. Just, you know, if you talk at political pundits talking about this in the media, you know, you, they were basically getting, you know, their name out there. And so what ultimately happened is it was very interesting because they got saw about a 31% boost in sales, really driven by the Gen Zers and, and younger consumers that saw this as a, you know, aligning with their values. Nike, you know, ultimately saw their brand value increase by about $6 billion. And right now it's one of the most valuable apparel brands in, in the world. And so it's really kind of interesting because I don't know at the time if people would have expected that, but that calculated decision to address an S issue, you know, a social issue from the ESG perspective paid off for them in the long run. Wow. So in some cases, controversy can have a positive effect on brand value. 
For the last example, let's talk about a governance event. And really any of these events could be attributed to governance because they have to do with how a company is run. Do these companies have the foresight to see these ESG risks as being potential controversies or events that could threaten their reputation? Do they see that these things could impact the livelihood of their stakeholders? Let's talk about an example that clearly stems from poor governance, and that is the Wells Fargo fraud scandal that was uncovered in 2016. Sure. Wells Fargo, which is one of the largest banks in the United States, had been, you know, for for centuries, you know, almost 160 years was a, you know, beloved American bank and household brand name that was synonymous with a with a quality institution. It really about in 2013 really started getting interesting when you know, Wells Fargo was kind of seen that they were trying to have their employees make these unrealistic quotas. And basically, employees would sign up all these customers for accounts and credit cards that they actually didn't want or didn't need or maybe even didn't even know about. Right. And so that was like a big, interesting issue. And it kind of unfolded over the years. We didn't get a full breadth of this kind of controversy until about 2016. And it really started to, to unravel. And so what that meant for Wells Fargo is obviously the trust that they had had spent years to build up was eroded over this time period. And but not only that, you know, that was kind of one case. It, it actually materialized in, you know, the fact that they had to pay about 1.5 billion in legal fees. And you can look at their shareholder returns over the year, last few years, and it's really lagged behind their competitors and what's been mostly a, you know, a, a bull market. You know, I think we look at it now in 2020, the, their fiscal year, their, their fourth quarter 2020 profits plummeted 53% to $2.87 billion from what was $6 billion a year ago. So it's not like this is just, you know, they're getting over it. This is a continued controversy that Wells Fargo has not properly addressed from a governance perspective. It is ongoing. A company like BP, we could look at and say that they actually had made their, put the safeguards in place to be a better company and they learned from it, which is great. Wells Fargo, the jury is still out there. And if we were, you know, from an ESG analysis, to us, it looks like they're basically trying to just move on from this and, and not actually learn from their mistakes. Again, with this, just like BP, I think Wells Fargo, the tea leaves were probably you know out there that they may have had some issues. The problem is, is that um, no one was looking for it. In 2004, we saw that there was an internal investigation that Wells Fargo auditors showed that there was a potential for companies to cheat to meet sales goals. But ultimately, it didn't get released to the general public. And I think one of the big things with ESG investing that's really important now is the fact of transparency. And so just like if we were looking at vaccine results from a company that was doing a COVID vaccine trial, we'd want to see all the results, right? When companies are transparent, ultimately it helps us lead to better outcomes because we can actually see what these companies are doing. And that's a big benefit of ESG investing is this push for transparency. But Wells Fargo, again, has not been as transparent. Because of that, it takes us time to really realize how big of an issue this is and also that they have not taken the, the proper steps to address it. Wow. As intangible assets continue to make up a larger part of a company's valuation, brand value will be financially material for investors. When it comes to sustainable investing, ESG risks can affect companies' brand value and can affect company performance and the bottom line. Strong sustainability management may help identify these risks, as we saw with BP and with Wells Fargo, and prevent controversies that can contribute to brand value loss. Thank you, Andy, for talking with us today, and thank you everyone for listening. For more information, you can find us at sageadvisory.com or on our Sage Advisory Instagram and LinkedIn pages. See you next time. 
Sage Advisory Services is a registered investment advisor that provides investment management services for a variety of institutions and high net worth individuals. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as investment advice or an offer or solicitation with respect to the purchase or sale of any security, strategy, or an investment product. Investors should make their own decisions on investment strategies based on their specific investment objectives and financial circumstances. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. For additional information on Sage and its investment management services, please view our website at www.sageadvisory.com or refer to our form ADV, which is available upon request by calling 512-327-5530.